to the Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left, press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, yo, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And as always, you can find our podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Trilogy underscore pod. And I am back to talk some more draft information. And we are going to go through day three of the draft. Um, I put out some extra pods this week talking about uh, day one and day two. So Friday morning, I posted a podcast talking specifically about Lucas Van Ness. Um, So go back and listen to that if you want to hear more about him, the edge from Iowa, our 13th overall pick. And then... Day two, I posted another podcast then Saturday morning uh, regarding the day two pick. So 42nd overall, Luke Musgrave, tight end out of Oregon State. Uh, 50th overall, Jaden Reed, wide receiver, Michigan State. And then 78th overall, Tucker Craft, tight end, South Dakota State. So I went through all of those picks in more detail. So make sure you go back and listen to those two podcasts. Um, I'm not going to go through those picks Uh, today because there's a lot of players the Packers picked on day three and speaking of day three I want to start with a disclaimer more often than not day three picks do not contribute at a high high level Um, you do you don't see them you know on the field a lot if they are on the field a lot of times it's special teams or just rotational level snaps Um, but there are guys that come out you know every year that have big years. Tariq Woolen in Seattle did it this year, the cornerback. Um, you know, if you think about it, Romeo Dobbs in the fourth round, you know, he did great for us uh, this past year. Uh, Kingsley Nagbare was a fifth round pick, and he, he, you know, he was kind of rotational level uh, pass rusher, but, you know, when Rashawn Gary goes down, he steps up and he, he wasn't an elite level pass rusher. Um, he wasn't getting to the quarterback a ton, but he was serviceable, you know, and as a fifth round pick, that's kind of what you're hoping for. Um, and if you get more than that, that's fantastic. But I think that kind of has to be the baseline. And the other thing I want to talk about before we get into the prospects is these players, I'm going to talk mainly about their positives. Um, obviously if they're going in rounds four through seven, generally there is some, concern in one or multiple areas of their game. Um, We're not going to get into all of that with all these players because I do want to spend some time on all of these different players. Um, But we'll, we will go through and talk, you know, positives. What are some reasons you can be excited and maybe some negatives here and there. So with in the fourth round, 
the first pick the Packers had on day three of the NFL draft. Pick 116, the Packers tape, take Colby Wooden, the defensive lineman from Auburn. Um, I I did go through and try to na- or put down what all of these guys' rankings were. Um, now, there are a lot of different ideas of rankings for these players, um, but I just took just because these were the two places I looked first and I didn't want to go through a hundred and some odd things to give you all these different rankings. Uh, but I looked at mock draft databases consensus overall. So it's using all those uh, big boards throughout the internet and kind of compiling them into one ranking. And then I also used the draft network um, at, for their rankings as well. So Colby Wooden, again, defensive lineman, Auburn, Mock Draft Database had him ranked as 150, and the Draft Network had him ranked as 67th. We took him at 116, kind of right in between there. I think this is probably a good range for him. The Draft Network is very, very high on him. The Draft Network, if you've ever looked at some of their uh, scouting reports on players, they do like this typed out uh, narrative of the player. Then they'll talk about top reasons for buy-in, top reasons for concerns. They'll go through the size, athletic testing, ideal role, scheme fit, and then they do a the draft network consensus grade. And Wooden had an 81 out of 100 consensus grade on the draft network, which is second round value for them. So I do think we got a really good player. Um, overall, he is a highly productive and impactful defensive end. He has a good blend of size and strength at the point of attack, um, which is fundamental for him on rundowns. He can be very, very good there. The thing that can be very exciting and that could make this a big-time steal is if he can figure out his pass rush because his upside as a pass rusher is incredible. Um and there is a lot of people out there that say it could he's tantalizing, you know, in flashes. So if he can put that together and become, you know, I think the draft network said uh, 4i interior defensive lineman. Um, so not really on the interior, but, you know, guard tackle in between there. Um, so kind of if – if you think about uh, a 4-3 defense with two outside linebackers, so there's two D tackles, two D ends, and then outside linebackers on the edge. So it's really a, kind of a six-man front, but one of the edges drops or both of them. Um, he he would be that defensive end in that setting. Probably in a 3-4, he'd be a defensive end um, as well. You know, that type of defensive lineman. Um, but that's exciting that he has some very – like the capability to get after the passer and he has done it and he's shown flashes of being dominant in that regards but he just hasn't put it all together on a consistent basis and that's the thing with Colby Wooden uh very good athlete 9.25 RAS score um okay size uh elite speed and agility great agility um so elite speed great agility there um Explosion grade's incomplete, but he was elite 
in regards to what was tested for him. Uh, so if he had had a full grade, I'm imagining elite level explosion. And that makes sense to why he's such a tantalizing pass rusher prospect if he can put that together. So that is Colby Wooden. Again, pick 116 in the fourth round for the Packers. Very exciting and a position of need, a position of depth need for sure. And if he can come in um, combined with Devontae Wyatt, you know, if if both of them can Devontae take a step forward and, and Colby Wooden just be a good rookie for us, I think that could be a great, great pick in the fourth round for the Green Bay Packers. Their next pick in round five, pick 149, the Packers select Sean Clifford, the quarterback from Penn State. Um, there is not a lot of people that are very high on him. Um, he was a productive winning quarterback in college. He played at Penn State. Um, of note, round two quarterback Will Levis could not beat out Clifford at Penn State and had to transfer to, you know, that college football powerhouse of Kentucky. <laughs> um, but I'm not I'm not going to say too much about Sean Clifford. I don't know that it, it's that important and people are that excited about the pick. I understand the pick. We need backups. We need a developmental backup. You know, Aaron Rodgers, when he started for the Packers in 2008, the Packers took Brian Brom in the second round. So this is not, this is not, oh, Jordan loves on watch. No, he's not. This is just a developmental backup, and that's what they did with this pick. So to me, he's a career backup, and that's all you need to know. If he's more than that, awesome. Awesome. Maybe you can flip him for a third-round pick in two years. You know, Jordan Love goes down one year, and he is serviceable, and, you know, the Seahawks are needy and, you know, instead of signing Matt Flynn, now they're signing Sean Clifford. Great. But um, I think, like I said, he's going to be a career backup in the NFL. And, and if he's a good backup for us, that's all we can ask for out of a fifth-round pick. And if that's what he is for four years, and it, in three or four years we're drafting another one in the fifth round, that's awesome because that means Jordan Love is good. Moving on. To our next pick, round five, pick 159, a guy that I had mocked to the Packers in most of my mocks in the late rounds just because it was a guy I knew, um, and that's Dante Vion Wicks, the wide receiver from Virginia. So the consensus and the draft network overall is 162 on him, and we took him at 159. So we took him right in the range that, you know, other – the experts were kind of mocking him at. And when it happened, this was my favorite pick of day three. I love, love, love the player. He is a vertical receiver. Um, even if he doesn't have like great, great speed, his testing showed that he had pretty poor speed, actually a four, six, two. So not good in terms of speed, but he's kind of good everywhere else as an athlete. Good size, he's 6'1", 206, that's good size for a receiver. His agility is fine, nothing crazy. 73rd percentile for both shuttle and three-cone. Um, the 40-yard dash is concerning. The overall speed is 38th percentile. But if you break it down and go to his 10-yard split, he's in the 83rd percentile for his 10-yard split. Combine that with his explosion grade, which is elite in the vertical 92nd percentile in the broad jump, 96th percentile. So he's very, very explosive. Off the line, very, very fast. 
off the line. And then, like I said, the long speed isn't quite there. But based on his film, he's a vertical threat. And I think he uses that explosion off the line of scrimmage to really get open. And he has such a fun and nuanced release package that like he looks like a legit route runner down there in Virginia. So that's something that's very, very exciting. So like I said, even though he doesn't have the top end speed, um, he does have a vertical ability against corners. Uh, and then he also has some fun route running. You know, he's not the most fluid guy. He's not the most agile guy, but he does have good, a good release package and good route running. Um, like I said, his ability to get downfield and then to catch the ball in contested catch situations. He's such, he has such good ball skills, tracking the football and just making dominating hands catches. I just love, love, love watching him. His body control is ridiculous, super competitive at the catch point. Um, it's, he's just one of those guys, like he's not super, super big, but he's not small. Um, you know, we're talking 6'1", 206. So 6'1", he's not super huge, but, you know, taller than most corners. Uh, but he just goes up there and kind of alphas them at the catch point, and I love that. Love, love, love that. So when it happened, this was my favorite pick. After researching the other players that were picked, there is another player that I am more excited about than Dante Vian Wicks. But we will get to him in a little bit. So like I said, if you're going to remember anything from Dante Vianwicks, super, super dynamic as a vertical receiver, even though he doesn't have the top speed. But he does have some explosion out of the line of scrimmage um, and straight line explosion. Not great, great agility, but good enough. And like I said, he's a successful and good route runner um, with a nuanced and good release package. So... I am very excited about him for a fifth-round receiver. Uh, I am very, very excited about him, and he, I'm definitely more excited about him than I was about MVS and than I was about you know Equinemius St. Brown and Jamon Moore in that draft. So a guy that I am very, very high on, and actually I like a little bit more. Personally, I like him a little bit more than Jaden Reed. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Jaden's great, uh, but that's just my personal preference of watching the two of them I just like Dante Vianwicks just a little bit more um, and I think it's mainly because he's just so competitive at the catch point and he's like the ball's up in the air it, it's not a 50-50 ball it's his ball so that that is one of the main reasons why I love him so much so moving on round six or yeah, moving on to round six. Just 10 picks later, though, the Packers select Carl Brooks, the defensive lineman from Bowling Green, at pick 179 overall. Uh, mock draft database was pretty high on him. Consensus was 115. Uh, the draft network was 205. So, again, we're in that range at 179 where we picked him. Uh, not a not a very good athlete for the position. Uh, 5.88 RAS score. He's got good size and speed, but poor uh, explosion and agility. And he's a guy that, if you look at him, he he was still even though he doesn't have that explosiveness, 
he he did impact at a lower level of competition, mind you, but he did impact the game quite a bit at Bowling Green. Uh, he he bull rushes tackles, and he also will if he starts to bull rush and the tackle oversets, he'll come back in with a move off of that bull rush, um, which is is great to see that he has a little bit extra in his pass rush repertoire. Um, and from a guy, his size, you, you don't really expect him to be that kind of guy, right? That guy that's going to go out and he's going to have those, um, you know, movement skills and pass rush repertoire that a guy of his size does. Like I said, six four two ninety five. So he is like a true interior defensive lineman in terms of size, but he does have some extra pass rush rep on his pass rush repertoire than you would expect of a guy his size. So that that is exciting. That is your interior defensive lineman pass rusher. And it definitely could be the case that Colby Wooding is that guy too. And if it if they both hit, fantastic. You cannot have enough pass rushers and you cannot and that includes guys coming from the inside, not just on the edge. It'll be interesting to see um, some of the things about Carl Brooks is they can't really decide if he is a true edge or if he is an interior defensive lineman. He's kind of that in between, uh, you know, between size and athleticism and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see where the Packers see him, but I do believe they announced him as a defensive lineman. So maybe they'll have him bulk up a little bit and just be that affect the passer from the inside, you know, even if it's not getting to the passer, but it's pushing a guard back into the lap of the quarterback. So he's, you know, messing up his timing and all that kind of stuff. I think he could be impactful from that standpoint. Um, And we'll see, we'll see what happens. Like I said, a lot of times you're just looking for baseline contributions from guys this late in the draft, but you know, you take guys that have these, one thing that really stand out, like for him, it's just his ability to get after the passer from the interior. Um, for Dante Vian Wicks, it's it's the guy that can just go up and make plays. Uh, Colby Wooding, again, it's his um, overall impact from a defensive lineman, his athleticism, all that kind of stuff. Those are the guys you're trying to just take flyers on and hope you hit. Um, and hopefully... It, if they get one or two of these guys to hit, it's a home run in terms of um, these late-round rookies. And even overall, if you get you know two or three of your guys to hit rounds one through seven, that generally is a pretty good draft. Um, and then you have a couple guys that are just kind of baseline uh, contributors on special teams and rotational offensive or defensive players. Um, you know, like I said, you get two or three that hit that are good, that impact your team. And then you get another two or three like that. That's a great draft. And I really do believe there is a lot of these players here on day three can be that baseline rotational level special teams guys. Um, hopefully more, but I do think there's, there's a good floor with these guys. Uh, round six, pick two Oh six, uh, the Packers select. Anders Carlson, the kicker from Auburn. I'm not going to dive into this. <laughs> uh, it, it's a kicker. A kicker is a kicker. 
And if he goes out and beats out Mason Crosby this year and, and he's our kicker this year, you know, hopefully we continue to have good kicking because we have been blessed in Green Bay to have good kicking outside of that one year for Mason Crosby. And we have seen it. You know, the Bears, the Vikings, they have struggled with kickers. And if this is our guy of the future, that's awesome. Uh, but I don't have a lot of a lot of stuff on kickers in the draft. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll all know if he's good or not. And now moving to round seven, pick 232. Uh, Carrington Valentine, cornerback, Kentucky. So the mock draft database has the same exact overall as where he was drafted, 232. The draft network a little higher on him, uh, 171. He's a good athlete. RAS score of 9.3. He's got good size, elite speed, and explosion um, coming from that cornerback position. Valentine is very aggressive and physical in coverage. His his best reps come from when he's impressed, so playing off, not so much. Like I said, he's very, very physical in his coverage. Um, he... Uh, Likes to alter the way he jams people to keep wide receivers on their toes um, and make them, you know, think about their release a little bit because they're not sure what he is going to do. He is very good at carrying routes vertically. Uh, some of the issues is, you know, coming off of those breaks occasionally um, can have a little bit of issues with that. But like I said, he's a very good athlete, so he does have good clothes. Um and because he's so physical, he can kind of go up against those bigger framed wide receivers. So, I mean, seventh round cornerback, there's going to be flaws, right? But he is not the most fluid in the hips. And, you know, that can get him in a little bit of trouble. But he's very aggressive press corner. And like I said, in the seventh round, there's going to be flaws with these guys. And if you can coach him up a little bit and... You know, you never know when you have a true athlete at a position where you need athletes. So this is just one of those. They like the player and they like the athlete. So they're going to pick him. And worst case scenario, he's a special teams gunner for you, right? Um, so that's, that is Carrington Valentine. Uh, next is Lou Nichols III, the running back out of Central Michigan. We took him seventh round pick 235. Uh, mock drafts consensus was 384. Um, so very, very high undrafted free agent grade for him. Uh, the draft network had him though at, at 231. So right about the range we took him. We don't have any testing measurables on Lou. Lou entered the 2023 NFL draft as one of the most productive backs in the country. Uh, in 2021, he led the country in rushing yards with 1,843. And was truly one of the more, most explosive backs in the country. As a senior in 2022, however, his production dipped due to battling injuries and a rebuilding offensive line. But, you know, you have a guy that led the country in rushing. You get him in the seventh round and he's healthy and, you know, you don't, your offensive line is pretty dang good at run blocking. So like as your third back, as a developmental back behind Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, like in the seventh round, I love this pick. He is a little bit bigger of a back. So he's not 
the the fastest and he doesn't have the biggest agility so think not exactly another AJ Dillon but you know that type of back where he's not super agile he's not you know elite level speed on on the back end to hit home runs but he's going to be a guy that is very very good he is a downhill runner he has good patience and vision in the hole um, while he's going through the line of scrimmage and then he quickly identifies, puts his foot in the ground, kind of one cut, get up field, let's go. That's the type of running back I like. Um, you know, get north and south, get us two, three, four, five, six yards. Uh, we don't always need the 60-yard one, you know, right? We can just get the six yards that are in front of us and, and go from there and live to fight another day. So, again, I, I really like him as a developmental back, as a, a top-tier backup type of guy um maybe he becomes a starter in the future but i think as our third back this is this is a great great pick here in the seventh round and i think one of need i i expected the packers to pick a running back kind of expected them to pick them a little or uh, pick a running back a little earlier but i really like the value in the player they get here um and i think he'll be a good third back for us in the 2023 season Round seven, pick 242, Anthony Johnson Jr., the safety from Iowa State. Mock draft database uh, was a little higher on him, 224. The draft network had an undrafted grade on him, 348. Uh, RAS score, he's a good athlete, 9.13. He's got okay size and agility, great speed and explosion. So not, not a fantastic size, but great speed and then great explosion, you know, that first step is very, very good. Uh, Johnson, he's very, very physical. So he actually has some background as a cornerback as well, and that's kind of where he gets his physicalness from, and he loves to come down in the run. Uh, He is kind of young in terms of his safety experience. He was uh, a corner for a while, and then he just transitioned to safety, so he's got some learning to go on the safety end of things, but a very physical, good athlete, loves, loves, loves the physical aspect of the game. And the the one thing in coverage that he needs to work on because he was a corner, he just naturally is a pretty aggressive guy. So he needs to cut that back, you know, as the last line of defense safety, you can't always be uber aggressive. You got to pick and choose your spots with that. And lastly, round seven, pick 256, the Packers select Grant Dubasso, wide receiver, Charlotte. So, I mentioned earlier uh, Dante Vion Wicks was my favorite pick. Well, after looking up and really looking at, in the film and looking this guy up, uh, yeah, Grant's, Grant is my new favorite. Uh the mock draft database had a better grade than where we took him at 256. They had him rated as the 213th best product or prospect in the draft. And the draft network, however, was very, 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 very high on Grant Dubasso. They had him rated 88th. 88th. That's a third round, third round pick. You know, when we got him with the fourth to last pick, third to last pick in the NFL draft. Um, so they had, they do the uh, grading 
they all grade all the people at the draft network grade each player and based on the grading of him they say he was a second round value now the big knock on him i think is going to be small school right he didn't he played at charlotte he did not have a lot of competition against him but he looked like a man among boys when you watch this guy play and then you see him down at uh, the Senior Bowl. He got a late invite to Senior Bowl because um, he originally wasn't invited and a player got hurt. And then you watch him at the Senior Bowl. He's against NFL corner that just got drafted, I believe, in the third or fourth round. Kendron Smith, maybe it was later. I don't know exactly. But he toasts him on a red zone one-on-one drill toasts him on a fade with absolutely fantastic footwork and a fantastic release. Um, Just incredible what he did there. Um, 6'3", 200 pounds, and he he just cooked the guy with great, great footwork and a great release package. Um, Like I said, he's a a good athlete, 8.79 RAS score. He's kind of good in everything, not really fantastic in any one thing. But like I said, good size, good explosion. Um, His broad jump, 84th percentile. Vertical was only 61, so kind of even out to that 75th percentile-ish. Explosion grade, speed grade, not super, super fast. 4.57. 4.57. That's about what Devontae ran. Devontae ran a 4.56. Um, but very good 10-yard split. So again, that tells me he is explosive, even though his vertical didn't really show it. Um, his 10-yard split, he was in the 93rd percentile. Um, and then his agility grade, good, not great. Um, nothing to write home about there, either way, good or bad. But um, yeah, he is an exciting prospect. Like I said, 6'3", he's, he's got the good length. Um, another one that is a good, like, contested catch, physical at the catch point, good ball skills. Just great, great, great there. Um, one of the things I read and saw about Grant, um, while he... So I'm going to read this because I think it's important. While he doesn't have many, one of the... Dubasso's downfalls is he doesn't have that ideal breakaway speed. However, his other traits still make him a quality possession receiver similar to someone like Chris Godwin. Yo, if we get Chris Godwin with the fourth, third or fourth to last pick of the NFL draft, that is the steal of all steals. You know, this is this has potential to be a great pick. And this is one... I am very, very excited about, and one that I think, you know, we could potentially see him be kind of the third option for Jordan Love out of the wide receiver room. I think the tight ends are going to be up there in terms of the option. Aaron Jones will be up there in terms of receptions, all that kind of stuff. But he might be wide receiver three by the end of the year. I am so, so excited about this kid. Um, And... If he can if he can be that guy, I think we're looking at a great draft. So just talking a little bit more, like I said, he's long and lengthy, but still has, you know, good bulk to him. He can he can deal with some hits. He can deal with some physical corners. I love that. 
Uh, he has played both on the outside and in the slot, but primarily on the outside in college. He was such a great, great player. Again, it's not a big school, but he played at Charlotte, and he played only two years at Charlotte, who are the 49ers, apparently. He had more than 1,700 yards and 15 total touchdowns, and he had the one of the best receiving seasons of all time at that program, and he was only there two years. So I think he is super, super productive, and if he can show he can do it against NFL-level competition because he wasn't playing that in college flat out, and I think that's why he fell so far, but also... I don't know how he fell to the seventh. I, I I would be happy with him in the fourth. Probably been happy if they'd have taken him in the third. You know, I love Tucker Craft, but I am really falling in love with this guy, and and he I think could be huge for us. the The thing that I think could be the most important thing if we get anything from Grant's uh, prospect profile is. His ability to win on in-breaking routes. This, I think, is very, very important. His bread and butter is slants, digs, in-routes, posts. Guess what the Packers need? A slot receiver to win in the middle of the field. Doesn't that sound great? A guy that is elite in his ability to get open on in-breakers. He is elite at that. He was so good at that at college. Again, his college is is not FBS, right? But I I don't care. He did it against that competition. Now he's just got to go prove that he can do it at the NFL level. And if he does, it doesn't matter who he did against who he did that to in college because now he's proven he can do it against anyone. So now we just need to see him do it. But that is the thing that could be so much fun that he is so good at in-breaking routes, but same thing as Dante Vian Wicks. He is good at the catch point and he is a good vertical receiver as well. So it can be very difficult for cornerbacks to figure out what is he going to do. You know, as soon as he takes that one step, half step to the inside, if he, if you know he's going to beat you there, the cornerback has to commit, and now, nope, it was, that was just a fake. Now he's going on a slot and, or a slant and go, and, and he's gone, right? So I I am very, very excited about him. I Normally I say don't get your hopes up about a seventh-round pick, but this guy I'm excited about, and I, and I hope I got you excited about him. I think he could be a great player for us. Um, and more than just a great player for a seventh round pick type of thing. No, just just an important player and a guy that that can really, really help this team win football games. So that is gonna be it for me today. Um, we've got some some exciting prospects for the 2023 NFL draft. Um, not just on day two and three. You know, uh, Lucas Van Ness, very, very, very exciting. Um, potential to be a dominating edge, dominating pass rusher for us. Um, 
make sure you go back and listen to that podcast. Obviously, the two tight ends and Jaden Reed, very, very excited about them. Um, obviously, Jaden is is a different type of receiver than the Packers have on the roster. And then you add Dante Vian Wicks and Grant Dubasso, and those guys are the traditional Packers receivers, right? The bigger guys, the outside vertical receivers. Um, I can I could see very easily Grant being our new Alan Lazard, um, and they're both willing and able blockers. Uh, Grant, I think more than more than Dante Vian Wicks, but he is an enthusiastic blocker is how it's been worded, which is great. Very tough in the run game, which I think is great for Matt LaFour's run scheme. And I think that's part of the reason why they loved him. So overall, a very exciting draft. We'll have to wait and see to see how good it is. But overall, I like most of the picks. Um, Some of the picks I would have done a little bit differently. Like I would have probably taken Jalen Hyatt over Jaden Reed. This is who the Packers picked, and now we're Jaden Reed fans. We're going to watch him be our next Randall Cobb, Tyler Irvin hybrid. All right? that's It's going to be a lot of fun. So um, we'll talk more about these prospects as we get into uh, off-season programs and all that kind of stuff. As we get into training camp, we'll hear things about these guys, and, and we'll talk more about that. But we will look into more of that stuff starting next week. Uh, Obviously, very exciting time to be a Green Bay Packer fan. And we will talk to you guys next week. Go Pack Go!